Ryan here, and this is the part of the show we normally open up. The lady comes on and she tells you about all the horrible things we're going to do during the episode. But I'm going to preempt her. So Matt and I have decided to take the month of August off and we're starting a day or two early. Instead of posting new episodes, we're actually going to be posting some favorite episodes. Uh, This first episode in the bunch is actually episode number three, Doggy Day Drinking. What makes this episode special? Uh, When we launched the show, we released three episodes more or less simultaneously. And this was the last episode to go up that did not have the telltale disclaimer at the start of the episode. I felt like this episode was really the one where we started to get our footing and the tone of the show really started to come together. So if you've listened to our back catalog, I apologize for making you listen to this awesome episode again. But if you haven't listened to the back catalog, then this is a perfect opportunity to jump in and see what we were all about when we started. So without further ado, enjoy this newly remastered episode of Don't Wreck Yourself. Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones and all no difference to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself, a podcast brought to you by the guys who probably brought you your French fries 12 years ago. What were you doing 12 years ago, Matt? Um, let's see here. I have to do some quick math. Uh, what year was that? 2008? Nine, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. I got out of the army. I oh, got out wow. of the army in in July, um, and went straight back to Iraq as a contractor. One month later, while I was still on terminal leave, uh, did that to one year to the day, and then I and started rolling college, and the rest is history. All right, congratulations, and 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 thank you for your service. Well, thanks. Yeah, I uh, really twelve years it. ago, I might have brought you French fries. Twelve years ago, we called them freedom fries. Thanks to B- no, Bill we were O'Reilly, we were right? well into the Obama administration at that point. I believe they were secret Muslim fries. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were. I got out of the military. I went to college, and you know, in spite of living large on the GI Bill, I did get a uh, a part time job working for Victory Brewing Company. So I very well may have brought you your French fries if you'd if you'd eaten there at that point in time. You know, I, I didn't. But also in college, likewise, I was I was using the GI Bill. We are both products of the GI Bill. Um, I think that's, that's um, you know, I don't think the government's getting their return on their investment, but that's OK. <laughs> uh, for that, we apologize. So I actually wanted to start us off with a uh, with a not stupid question. OK, I don't know what our final episode order is going to be, but last time we recorded, we discussed uh, dick shaped foods a little bit. Yep. I guess it makes sense that just coming out now and saying, uh, how many bananas is the lethal amount is a suitable follow-on question to our, our dick-shaped fruit conversation. I have a banana story. Oh, my God. Just unfolded this morning. So uh, last night, I, I I get up every a few times every night, and sometimes I'm hungry. And last night, I, I got up and had a banana. And then I got up a few hours later, and I had another banana because I wanted to stay kind of healthy. Um, and this morning, Elise, my girlfriend, she's like, hey, did you have a banana last night? I was like, oh, God. Yeah. How do you know? She's like, 
there was like a giant chunk of it on the floor. And I was like, oh, straight up, don't remember that. Just dropping <laughs> banana droppings around. I guess I was like sleep eating. Right. I, but I had the I had the wherewithal to throw the banana peel away. But I just left a, a, a she's like, it's a good sized chunk of banana on the on the ground. So <laughs> it's better than you doing a milk spit take as she as she pinwheels her legs trying to keep her balance as she steps on the banana peel in a Buster Keaton-esque physical comedy gag. Well, okay. Like, a few, since we're talking about this, a few years ago, Elise and I were literally walking in our neighborhood and she straight up slipped on a banana peel like it's Mario Kart or a shitty comedy from like the 1940s. But I mean, if like that fall right? goes the wrong way, it only takes one banana to be lethal. Well, yeah, so she slipped, f- fell a little bit and some other like another couple around. They're like, oh, my God, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, she just slipped on a banana peel like it's a cartoon. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know, like like so she's still we, we, we still you. talk about it and she's still with me because <laughs> I have, you know, I have I, I, I'm the, I don't know if you can see from here, but I'm the total package. Right. Um, actually, I, I, I let our video drop off the screen while we're while we're recording. But I need to bring that back up so I can react to you know what? You are a total package. Wow. Yep. I look like I just got pulled out of a cave in Afghanistan circa 2012. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like I you wouldn't know, kick you out of an Afghani know. cave. Afghan cave. Afghan cave. Afghani Afgh- is a currency. Yeah. I'm not going to reveal my ignorance on that topic. The more you know, the more you know. And yeah. delete. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about bananas. Yeah. yeah the lethality. I assume that this has to do with just overloading your body with potassium, shutting down your kidneys, I would say. I can tell you what the what the rough speed limit is. So the record for most bananas eaten in one minute. So this would be our acute scenario like is eight. So if you ate more than eight bananas, you would certainly break that record and possibly die. That is that is the known limit, like the speed of light. How um, I guess how how can you die? Is it is it you're choking on bananas or is it just doing something in your body that's like shutting down an organ? All I'm saying is that appears to be the current human speed limit. So so I would argue that you cannot eat enough bananas fast enough to kill yourself or we'd have just the world would be littered, littered with competitive food eaters who have died of banana poisoning. I guess. um, uh, How does a banana poison you? Potassium, uh, excess potassium, I guess. Potassium helps you avoid like sprains and and muscle cramps. So I guess your muscles would become so loose that you would just melt off. They just you're, they just slide right off of your body. They'd slip on <laughs> they'd slip on the banana. How many yeah, how many people a year die of banana overdose? I'm not even sure. I'm not I'm not sure that that's a stat that's worth trying to track down because I don't think anybody's collecting it. That's a research niche for any budding scientists out there who want to make a who want to be a guest on our show. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just to continue exploring the the human limits of banana consumption, there is a gentleman named, I may butcher the pronunciation here, but Nader Rita, Nader, N-A-A-D-E-R, Rita, R-E-D-A. Ooh, maybe not how I thought it would be. It might be be Nader Retta. I don't. I don't know if these are these are long A's or short A's. Let's just call them Nana Reader. Uh, Nana Eater. Nana Eater. Well, no, not Nana. Nanner, because Nana I, Nana I, I Eaters Nanner. are a very different genre of video on the Internet. I said, yeah, I, I said Nanner <laughs> for the record. Um, but also, um, you're a Nanner Eater gonna work hard. What's that one song from like the 2000 something? I don't like know, but I don't want to pay man-eater. for it. Manny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you can make this is fair use. If you're making fun of it, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. 
Uh, anyway, the, so this guy has a video of him eating how, how thirty long? bananas in how many, one sitting. Over how many? How many minutes? Hours? He just said thirty bananas in one sitting. I, you know, I don't care how long it took. Thirty bananas is a fucking commitment. Kudos to you, buddy. You win the internet for the day. Uh, so you can look this up. It's uh, the title of the video is "Big Banana Challenge." With this, so <laughs> what did you type into Google to get to that? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I typed in big. I typed in show me show me the big bananas. Show me the big bananas.com. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that we have answered this question. The number of bananas that it takes to be lethal is. Yeah, one. you're right. If it's if, if it's if it's seven plus one, you die in a minute, right? I can actually verify this because I almost lost my uh, life to a single banana. I got to hear it. Well, in I want to say early 2007, just completed our tour in Iraq. Uh, we came home, life and limb intact, and we were sitting at a chow hall at Fort Campbell. I don't know how it came up, but somebody bet me a dollar uh, I wouldn't deep throat a banana. What for? <laughs> First of all, um, you're a cheap date. I didn't know that's all it took. You know, it, if I known that, I would have been. I, it would have. We would have had a way different friendship over the past 17 years. If I knew it only a one dollar cost you to deep throat a banana. Um, how? I mean, it was a average size banana probably five and a half to seven inches which i know <laughs> i feel like i i haven't been, i haven't been telling people seven inches is average since since i was 12 years old <laughs> yeah right before yeah. you find out how big, it, or how, big it, how big it how big you want it to be. Um, well let's not yeah. ask too many questions it, 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 it's more of a surprise it's like you know it's like when when it snows you know unexpected inches it's always a, it's always fun <laughs> So anyway, I, I successfully deep throated this banana. No problem. I peeled it. Boom. Right down. It's the perfect shape. Oh, yeah. Like get that curve. Kirk Cameron would be proud <laughs> because the, the banana perfectly slides right down the throat of a human. And that is proof of I was going to say, like, there, were, there was a designer because it just fits like a cur- like a key in a lock. So there must there must be a designer. This is the logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's the issue. I got I don't want to say greedy. I, I don't want to be a greedy banana gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to be, like that's not who I want to be. That's not who I want to be on the internet. Banana hog over uh, here. No, no, no. I I, I, was, I I felt the need to show off, so I went in for the double dip. You oh, now, it was the second one that got you. This was the second one. It's the second one that got me because the the structural integrity of a banana is not great. I feel like um, and, and when it has more moisture on it, it just kind of collapses in on itself automatically. Or it turns a mush. Turns uh, well, a mush. I mean, it's not like I was. It's not like I was chewing it. It wasn't a mush issue. It was just a structural integrity issue from the the physical trauma being slid all the way down to my throat. Not once, but twice. The second time it breaks, which in other deep throating scenarios is usually not going to happen. Unless you're blowing pirates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they got little, I get it. Little wooden I, I, I think I get it. Yeah. You get, you get some splinters caught in your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it breaks off. And my my comrades in arms who bravely served with me overseas aren't about to let one of their comrades fall in peacetime. Falling on the banana, like falling on your sword. Right? <laughs> he gets up and he he runs around the table and I waved him down because there's no fucking way that motherfuckers getting a medal <laughs> giving me the for giving me the Heimlich maneuver because I was deep throating a banana for a dollar in the chow hall. Uh, well, I feel like you, that you, is not an award you get to take. Home. I feel like you should have gotten two dollars at least since you you did it. Tw- but did you almost choke? Was, was, was there a gag? I have to ask. Was there a gag reflex? I was literally choking on this banana like I could die. You were, you were choking on this banana like you were laid on the rent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
That's yeah. So a single banana almost took my life. A single banana almost took your girlfriend's life. Have you heard of this banana milk in the store, by the way? Uh, there's a banana milk was all I drank in Iraq. I'm surprised you didn't have uh, it. I had strawberry milk. And um, I, no, come to think of it, I have had banana milk before, but I, it's not good. I can't recommend it. Are you talking about banana flavored milk or are you talking about milk produced from bananas? I have to ask because almonds and cashews have been making a showing lately at the tit farm. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same brand. And it it says banana milk. And I really do think it is milk from bananas. I haven't had it yet in the store. I've had the banana milk in Iraq, which is basically just banana flavored milk. If uh, you know, I love that. I love that. stuff. I love it so much. Uh, uh, I can't even tell you how much I love it. Do you guzzle it? Do you are you just like a are you just like a banana milk hog? I deep throat entire boxes of banana milk, like because they come in the little uh, the little car and they're free and, you know, yeah. and they're free. Yeah. Well, you, you, you pay for it one way or the other, but you but, <laughs> but it's free. Yeah. Speaking of things that are that used to be free over the course of the pandemic, I made the mistake of trying to adopt a dog. Oh, this is while Aaron was pregnant. We were all home and we were feeling bold. It's like, you know, we've got time to, to train a dog and integrate it into our family. And then we had a baby and our schedules went to shit. And I'm so glad that we didn't. But after the uh, big freeze in Texas, there was a huge influx oh, yeah. of animals. Yeah. After after basically begging shelters to let us see dogs over the summer. Now we're getting unsolicited mail like, hey, help with the shelter dogs, help with the shelter dogs. It's just like, I've got so many kids now. (laughs) (laughs) My life is so much different than it was six months ago. I am ragged. You got a litter of your own. I guess for anybody listening, if you're looking for a dog in your life, now is the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I got a dog. We got our dog in like the October of 2019, which is just like perfect timing, right? She was eight months old. Hit one hit one year right around the pandemic started. And honestly, we've been working from home since for about a year now. And uh, it's just been great to snuggle with your with your dog all damn day. I I think it's uh, the dog issue is something that we're going to revisit. Our son has allergies, so we have to look for hypoallergenic breeds. So adoption might not be an option for us. Well, funny, you should talk about adopting a dog because that brings us to another question. So uh, a photo has been surfacing on Facebook by Colette Jardine, who is a hairstylist and nail esthetician in Eugene, Oregon. She posted a meme that posits a bar called Fido's, a tap house, where you can, quote, have a beer and meet foster dogs up for adoption. Uh, The upper part of the photo shows two shows uh, dogs at a brewery and the lower meme says me drunk as shit leaving with 15 dogs. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, so I guess the questions are that like the questions are twofold here. The first question is, does this place actually exist? That is, yep. And then, and then, yeah. Then the second question is, is it a good idea? We'll tackle the first one. Does this place exist? Absolutely. It is 100% a real bar. I love this story because it combines my third favorite thing with my fourth favorite thing. So, and if you Google beer and dogs, you will not be disappointed. Uh, but this is a real place. Fido's and 48 North Pizza in Tigard, Oregon, just outside Portland. Okay. And the, the, <laughs> the website is ilovefidos.com. They have 40 craft beers on tap, uh, mostly from how many dogs on. So tap? Yeah, it's associated with a, sh- a local animal rescue shelter in the area. And essentially you go there, you pay five dollars and, that, that, and you sign a waiver. And that gains you access to an area where you can just like drink your beer and hang out with dogs, which you can then adopt. Fuck yeah. Who doesn't want to drink a beer and like just like be loved by beings that love you no matter what. Right. As long as it doesn't turn into like a late night dog fight club. You know, with a bunch of guys standing around with like fists full of cash. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for the next bitch on stage to come by. 
It's like, oh, damn. No, no not like a. Not like a doggy strip. That's what mine might be adorable. Yeah, honestly, that would be adorable. Like dogs in like little tutus with like with like glitter around their eyes, taking their tops off by their with their little paws or they're trying to draw the string. Arr. Yeah. Oh, look at her. She's so cute. This is this is easily the podcast episode that launched a thousand furry boners. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> honestly, you know, the, um, if you're a furry out there, your money is good to us. So please don't hesitate to reach out. If you <laughs> it's not something that I am particularly prejudiced against. So I, I think we should be absolutely clear when we talk about furry boners versus <laughs> no, because the, the joke there, the joke there is that these are actual dogs taking off their clothes for money because they got they got puppies at home and human beings dressed as animals getting boners as a result of that. If we're being absolutely fair as an mischaracterization of that lifestyle. It doesn't mean that people are attracted to animals. It means they identify with with an anthropomorphic alternate identity. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, so all the rescue dogs are in the bar uh, until they are adopted. Um, there's a day room where you can go interact with them. All the animals come from Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals. Uh, in, their, in the website's Frequently Asked Questions, uh, it says Fido's is all about connecting people with craft beer, great food and the love of dogs and helping charities. So sounds sounds good on paper, right? Sounds like a good business model, too. I think it's a really cool idea. And even if you don't want to adopt a dog, it's honestly it's like squeezing free volunteer hours out of the bar clientele. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go to the Humane Society and just volunteer because I wanted an animal so bad, but we couldn't get one. So juxtapose that with this, where you got to pay $5 for 30 minutes, by the way. $5 gets you 30 minutes with maybe the dog of your dreams. Do you think they'd still sign my parole paperwork? Parole paperwork? Yeah, like, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I had to go before a local magistrate and I was convicted of a crime or I pled out of a crime. And part of my state-ordered rehabilitation is volunteer hours. Do you think they would sign my parole paperwork? I would say no, because you don't have to pay to volunteer. So I don't I, you're not, volu- you know, no one pays to volunteer. I think I, I think a local judge would, would throw this out. I think if you I think if you grease the right paws. Oh, God. If you grease, the, if, if, if you grease the right furry boners, you, then you, then you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you grease the right paws, you could probably get your volunteer paperwork signed for hanging out in a bar, drinking beer and playing with puppies right. because you are providing a public good. Even if you're paying to be there. What's the public good? Uh, the public good is keeping the animals socialized so that way when they're ready to be adopted, they don't rip the face off a toddler. So I think that's interesting. But like how well socialized are these dogs going to be if you just have like a bunch of drunk as shit Oregonians be like, let's go hang out with Fido over there. Like, I just feel like I, I, I can imagine a time where these dogs are just don't want to deal with your drunken shit. <laughs> Fido's, they claim that they are the first and only one in, in the world. And so I think. Is that true? Uh, well, I know, I know that there are the kitty cafes in, in Japan and they've opened some here, but those aren't generally go there and take the cat home. You go there, you spend the time with the animal. Well, so yes and no. Um, th- this does have a similar vibe to the cat cafes. Uh, the cat cafe was first started in Taiwan in 1998. 2004, the first Japanese one opened in Osaka the next year in Tokyo. I live in Washington, D.C., and there's a cat cafe, Crumbs and Whiskers. I've been there twice. What you do is you go in, you order your coffee, hang out with cats. You can get a baked good. I got a macaroon and you can actually adopt and take the cats home that day. Oh, okay. They are up for adoption and they are legit. We almost adopted a cat. Could the uh, could Fido's claim it's like, yeah, but cats and dogs are different. It's like comparing cats and dogs. I think yeah, cats and dogs living together. It's a ghost. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it is a classic opposites next to apples and oranges. Cats and dogs are considered to be the most similar different things ever. It's like the, the, the odd couple. So I think this brings us to the point of, is this a good idea? Well, first I should say, uh, is there a, is this, is this the only bar where you can adopt a dog? Um, kind of yes. However, there is a bar in Charlotte, North Carolina called dog bar, right? They're very subtle about it. Um, and it's essentially a dog park where you can go in, bring your dog off leash in a fenced in environment. I have a friend who lives in North Carolina, my friend Lauren. She actually went to this dog bar a few years ago and she said it was a shit show. There were just so many people there, so many dogs there. They kinda, she says it kind of took the fun away. But so, so is it a good idea? I think it's a great idea. I mean, in in places where you have an abundance of strays, uh, one, you you have the opportunity of actually getting them adopted. That's good. Absolutely. And like I said, I think that the fact that you have people essentially paying a donation in order to help socialize the animals, which is part of their care, is a smart administrative move. It's a great way to open up another revenue stream. And you're also helping yeah. out nonprofit in the area and, you know, bringing awareness. So, yeah, I think I think in that vein, it is a good idea. I think in practice, you can imagine how this would be problematic if a dog gets freaked out, right? That dog can't go anywhere. I'm not sure how controlled this is. The other thing I really like by having it set aside as an area inside of this bar where you can pay to get in. Even if somebody walks in and they're like, hey, let's go hang out with the dogs. Like, man, I'm not paying five dollars to go hang out with the dogs. You get two or three beers yeah. in. You're like, fuck, yeah, I'm paying five dollars to go see those dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll I'll take four of them right now and just a cup. Honey, I'm home with four dogs. Oh, and I had to take an Uber home because, uh, you know, so. I think we've established that, you know, it's a good idea in theory. Uh, it's got some questions in practice, but I think it's also a great idea to bring extra revenue to make your business hot, but not as hot as uh, this next topic uh, that I'm that I'm going to bring up right now. And this is my attempt at a really shitty pivot segue. But you know what? I think I, it works. I appreciate your, your 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 segue is like a zero degree turn. It's like a, it, 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 I think this is how like newscasters do in local TV, like, you know, it's it's something along the lines of you've heard of I don't know and you, you can just imagine how let's I'm just gonna move on I, here oh man I can just I can just imagine you doing a good transition and that's good enough for yeah me. you know I mean it only <laughs> it, it, it only exists in your imagination so that's okay hey I, let's let's just stop listener we're now addressing you directly please don't turn this off this is the part where we're going to ask you to close your eyes and open your mind. And imagine a world in which Matt has gracefully pivoted to the next topic, which is which is how painful would it be to jump into lava and die? This is a question that comes from r slash no stupid questions. Uh, it is uh, the, the question says it is a morbid thought for sure. But it got me thinking, would jumping into a pool of lava inside a crater kill you instantly or slowly? Ooh. That is a really good question. It is, yeah. Um, before you tell me, I I'm going to give you my best guess because I'll be honest, I don't know for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty clear to everybody what lava is. It is. If you don't know what lava is, you've been living under all the wrong rocks. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what lava is, I really recommend sitting in a sixth grade science class. They go over it extensively. <laughs> it's possibly one of the most important things you will ever learn, which is why you learn about it in third grade, sixth grade, ninth grade. And it's part of your senior capstone project before you move into college and, be, and, and are required to take a geology class 
where it turns out you didn't learn shit about lava at all growing up. I um I feel like it's it's either a volcanoes and then the Iliad every other year, right? It switches <laughs> on and off. I don't know why I had to read Homer like 14 times in 18 years. I have no idea why, but it's public domain, so it's easy to get cheap copies. Yeah. My 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 initial guess though would be that it is actually a much slower process than people would anticipate because lava is molten rock. It's not like diving into a swimming pool. Um, but it is like diving into a swimming pool that would be. 2000 degrees. That's that. That is the average temperature of lava on Earth, about about 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. But this question, I kind of get hung up on the way they're asking it, um, which just means that my geeky ass like so they talk about the term paint. How painful would it be? And I just think measuring pain is inherently subjective, right? There aren't international pain units like there is when you measure beer bitterness, right? This is probably the green face with the open mouth, the tongue stuck out and X's over the eyes. I feel like, yeah, exactly. The only way we know how to measure pain is by pointing which face, which sad face. So which sad face is lava? Probably the one that's most red, if I had to assume, right? <laughs> how painful is lava? Well, I think you would probably die on impact depending on how high the uh, the, the drop is. Just like if you if you jump off a bridge and you hit water, you die. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the fall itself could kill you. The fact that the lava is probably less viscous than water means you'll you'll also hit greater resistance just in terms of force but that also is what makes me think it might be slow like if you just dropped like five feet and belly flopped in lava i think you would start cooking immediately and you would die relatively quickly but i think you would feel something so i'm not hung up as much on the on the uh the level of impact like how high someone's falling as i am on the fact that it's 2000 degrees liquid rock and no one can fucking survive that right and actually um so th th there's a few cases here this guy eric storm who runs a tour company in hawaii called lava hikes he actually set up a gopro right near molten lava and he set it up a little too close and you can just see that there's a video on youtube we'll make it available you can just see this ominous haunting glowing just coming very slowly and it, it's 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 a thing of nightmares and this this gopro gets covered in 2000 degree lava that then survives and he's able to take that footage and put it on youtube it's pretty amazing did he have it in a specialized case or something i don't think so i think it was just in the, in the case go it's the best ad gopro could ask for right? <laughs> it is mesmer this mesmerizing glow of Earth innards just crawling slowly is really it's scary. It's scary. That is that's what it would look like. POV, you're getting eaten and suffocating by lava. If you go to like a traditional Italian pizza place with a with a wood fired ceramic dome oven. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those ovens get up to be about twelve hundred degrees. Um, so obviously it's eight hundred more degrees to get that molten rock. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think you would certainly be able to get close enough to the lava to throw yourself into it at a from a height or distance that would not be fatal. Well, it, it doesn't matter what height or distance if it's 2000 degrees. Why would that matter? Because we're discussing whether it would hurt. And I think the question is whether I gotcha, I gotcha. you would be okay. laying essentially on top of the lava. Yeah. And yes, it would be 2000 degrees. It might be so hot that you don't even feel it. But the other parts of your body where you're, you're being subject to less than 2000 degrees. I, I think there's going to be a period in which you are cooking. Absolutely. And then a period in which you are dead. Absolutely. So yeah. does it hurt? Does it hurt to fall in lava? 100%. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say 100%. There's a case in, in 2019 as elderly man in Hawaii in his 70s. He fell into a lava tube, which is a river of lava that flows downstream. Uh, he was in his okay. own backyard, just fell through. 
how this works is the exposed lava cools and hardens. So it just creates that's why it's lava tube is essentially what it is. Right. And then if the ground above it is to break through, it would form a sinkhole into a river of lava. This man fell in into the river of lava and he died. They were able to recover his body charred and disgusting. But yeah, this was in his own backyard on the big island in Hawaii. Pretty terrifying. However, there's another case of a Tanzanian man falling in a volcano and surviving. Okay. So this is actually kind of crazy. In 2007, a human fell into, I'm going to try to pronounce this, um, this volcano. It is Oldenyo Legai, which is Maasai for the mountain of God. It's in uh, northern Tanzania, right near Arusha for any East African files out there. So what saved his life is that the lava was about 500 degrees Celsius or about 932 degrees. Um, so he, yeah. he was able to get out with only one arm and both legs seriously burned. All right. Do we have any idea what his recovery looks like before we start, you know, cracking wise? I, I just want to tread carefully here. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he lived. Interesting to point out, this is actually the coldest eru- erupting lava in the world. So if there's one you want to fall into. It's this one in, in Tanzania. But he did survive as of six months after the injury. He was bedridden in his home in Tanzania and he was experiencing incredible pain and, and muscle wasting. While he lived, his life has probably changed forever. Not for the not for the better. Yeah. Well, so I, I think we can say safely that based on the examples that you've given and just simple deduction. Yes, it hurts to fall in lava. Absolutely and probably the most excruciating pain you you would experience right before everything just turns lights out. Yeah, well, if we're going to end on a if we're going to end on some yucks, I wish the the dying by lava thing wasn't such a downer because I feel like we're we're, <laughs> we're rounding we're rounding to the end of the episode and I don't want to leave everybody on human beings slowly cooking over molten rock. We're talking about people falling and dying into lava and of course the biggest casualty is our humor on this podcast so we should let's have a moment of silence for how we can't crack <laughs> jokes about this. You know we talked about it extensively now at this point I would say it is absolutely painful. It's hard to measure. Don't do it but if you have to do it make sure it's this one in Tanzania. <laughs> I think that's a that's a fair assessment, but I I, I do want to offer one more question. Okay, let's do it. Because I don't want to end on people cooking slowly and then living and at best living the rest of their lives maimed. Uh, I just want to know: Does anyone else's balls touch the water when they sit on the toilet? Now this isn't. You should point out that this is not your original question. This isn't you asking. This isn't a Ryan original here. This is coming from the No Stupid Questions subreddit again. Uh, This question was posed by user Stoned Sailor. Oh, of course. Yeah, I think I know that guy. He spelled he spelled sailor wrong, so I assume he is one who sails. Not so. This is not a merchant marine who's worried about dunking his balls in the toilet. This is perhaps an amateur yacht enthusiast or a local regatta champion who's concerned about his balls. He's, either, he's dipping into the toilet water. Either a super rich guy or Forrest Gump is what I'm getting from this. Yeah. <laughs> and and whoever he is, he is high as a kite. And that's OK. But his balls be sagging low. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone else's balls touch the water when they sit on the toilet? I would say the answer to that is yes. Other people's definitely do that. Other people's balls definitely do that. Matt and I were both in the army. We've seen a lot of balls. That's just part of the job. It's part of serving your country. It, it's a benefit no one talks about. Yeah, the, the, actually, it's, it's funny because the next episode we're, uh, that we're recording is, uh, well, it's Kentucky meat showers. <laughs> who could forget? Uh, Fort Campbell had a lot of that. So yeah, I know people who have complained about their balls, uh, hitting the toilet water. I've had my balls hit the toilet water on more than one occasion. 
But usually that's an indi- uh, that's an indicator that the toilet is uh, overflowing. Yeah, I'm just envisioning your balls having lo- low, medium, and high tide, <laughs> like <laughs> water water marks. I would say th- I would say that <laughs> the times that that water has touched my balls on the toilet, I think almost, which is is pretty rare, I would say. But I, I think on the on the rare occasion it happens, it's 100 percent a function of poop falling and water splashing up. So maybe that has to do with the height at which I am I am I'm dropping a deuce and the level of water would be the two variables I, I, I would. Well, I actually I actually have a tiny I actually have a tiny tattoo of a plaque right at the base of the shaft that says flood of 2007. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about it. I feel like you should never start a sentence when you're talking about your genitals by saying I have a tiny. Uh, because I, I was like, wow, you're really you're really putting yourself out there. You know, I've, you know, um. <laughs> I don't want to like I don't want to be accused of misrepresenting the product, uh, the product that we'll be revealing on our uh, forthcoming OnlyFans page when we find out that podcasting doesn't pay. And it's way easier to cash in on a quick buck on OnlyFans. On eating a shit ton of bananas. That's what <laughs> dipping our balls in the toilet while we eat bananas. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> honestly, honestly, there is someone out there that would pay four dollars a month. Um, at least at least one person that would pay four dollars. I, I would be willing to bet that we could find someone. <laughs> did you just point? Yeah, at I, was, I was like, at least someone <laughs> that would do it. I don't know. I don't know who would it be. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thing is, though, you're I, making money off of you doesn't feel good. I need a complete and total stranger to validate my ball, <laughs> my my testy dips. There's always money in the banana stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think another variable for this first stone sailor is how old is he? Because I, I think just gravity takes over when mm-hmm. you get to a certain age where your balls just start sagging. I, I think everybody over the age of probably 55 is more or less dealing with a little bit of uh, what we'll call it feature creep. A- adding <laughs> they're dealing with a little bit of gravity. You said over 50. I must be a really early bloomer. Look, as you transition from being a young man into middle age. Kind of sucks. Think of it like <laughs> up until now, you've been a sweet young millennial pupa. Well, and now you're entering into the chrysalis of middle age and you're going to emerge beautiful with gossamer snowflake like wings as a beautiful, saggy, bald, lumpy boomer butterfly. Yeah. And I know it's a beautiful and majestic thing. And all you have to do is turn your entire body and brain into liquid and then let it reform in the dumpiest way possible. OK. And that's what aging yeah, is. So now we're talking about the metamorphosis of like caterpillars into butterflies. And the question I have is, does the caterpillar build this cocoon knowing that it's going to be just reduced down to nothing and then emerge instinctually? Are caterpillars like, why the fuck am I doing this? I assume it's like everybody who finds themselves pressing the line to middle age. Your body just doesn't react to temperature the way it used to. <laughs> you, you make yourself a blanket out of the thread coming from your butt when you're a caterpillar. That's really the only option you have. And then you melt. Yeah, but I guess the the question is, does that does the caterpillar know that's coming or are they just like, why the fuck is this happening? Why am I doing this? Technically, I think the question is, does anyone else's balls touch the water when they sit on the toilet? Okay, well, and the answer, I think, is is yes. I would say we've we we both confirmed that it has happened to us uh, at least a few times. In my case, it's always been emergency situations, but some people it happens to them on the regular. I guess my advice for you moving forward is if. You have a problem with your balls getting wet when you sit on the toilet, like an everyday toilet. Uh, there are certainly toilets where you can control. There are, there are well, one, there are no water toilets. Oh, uh, that sounds, so that as, long as, bou- that as long as you're not bouncing your balls off the porcelain. Yeah. 
there are options for you out there that are going to keep your, uh, your 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 twig and berries completely dry. So where there's a will, there's a way. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And there are definitely toilets that aren't going to get your testes moist. I, I think this we, we should start in only toilets website is what it is. It's only toilets. <laughs> nope, that's all it is. Nope, nope, that's nope, all it nope, is. nope, 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 nope. And that's the episode, folks. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Every single episode we've recorded, we have said that's the episode, folks, and have gone on for like <laughs> really minutes. So I think <laughs> that's like our trademark. That, that could be our trademark. But uh, we've got a lot of things to trademark. For example, all of our social media handles. We are at Wreck Your Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tinder. <laughs> All right, only so the fans. Best thing you can do only for fans. <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. Is it swipe left or right? I've been out of the game I so long. I couldn't tell you. I, I think it's left, but I really don't know. I'm trying to. I I'm think try, swipe right I'm is I'm trying a to remember swipe. like I did it when I was on Tinder. I'm like trying to like. I think, I think you're supposed to swipe away from your dominant hand when you don't like something. You're like, get out of here. So I think you have to set Tinder up to be a lefty or righty account. Okay. Well, I, as I'm doing the motion with my finger in my hand, um, I feel like I think right. I remember swiping right to the ones that I find the, the ones that I wanted to talk to. <laughs> Did you swipe right on Elise? We met at a brewery where all good things happen. Yeah, we, we met at a brewery. <laughs> you came home with a girl. You came home with a girlfriend and a dog. I, I, oh, I, uh, I was I almost made a I almost made a really make, I almost made a joke. really bad don't joke, make the but joke. I want her. I know. Yeah, okay, I know yeah. you did. Let's I didn't make it either. Let's move on. I think yeah. I think I think we both know what that joke is. And we're not going to say it because we're mature adults. And we respect everyone. women. Oh, yeah. Right. We respect everyone. We respect yeah, yeah, because we that just... will reveal what the joke was. Yeah. Well, I think we just did a fucking Vulcan mind melt there. Yeah. You know, like I looked at your I looked at your kind of blurry pixelated eyeballs. <laughs> and you looked at my blurry pixelated eyeballs. And we came to an accord where we would not denigrate anyone because, again, not going to say who. Speaking of people we don't want to denigrate, how about Rick Reynolds, who has supplied us with our theme song, United, from his album Portals in Progress. You can find him on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. Rick, I love your shit. Love you, Rick. That's the that's the show for today. We've answered as many questions as we possibly could. But... As your trusted internet advisors, we advise you not to make any rash decisions between now and the next time you listen to our show. Send us your questions at wreckyourpod at gmail.com. And if you can't, for the love of God, wait until next week, then please check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart, and it won't change. Oh